So the big question is, how do healthcare experts like you generate more income, impact more people, and create businesses that work around their lifestyle and serve their family? If you want the answer to that question, then you're in the right place at the right time. Whether you are a physical therapist, a dietitian, an occupational therapist, a chiropractor, MD, or other healthcare expert, this is for you. My name is Javier Carlin and welcome to Healthcare Business Radio. Join me and follow along as I learn, apply, and share the top business growth strategies that I'm currently using to grow my own business and to help you grow yours using only the best insights and advice from top industry leaders. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. All right. Welcome to Healthcare Business Radio. This is your host, Dr. Javier Carlin. And today I'm excited to bring you a very special guest, Ray Berardinelli. Ray is a physical therapist and owner of the self-documenting AI, Artificial Intelligence Medical Record. Ray sold his private practice for uh, about a year and a half ago now to pursue his passion. Ray, thank you so much for being here. Super excited to have you on, man. Well, thanks for having me, Javi. It's always, and anytime you want to chat, man, I'm, I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah, heck yeah. No, I've been, I've been wanting to bring you on because you've had an, an incredible journey with, you know, growing your private practice, selling it, and then diving you know, into software development. And I know that there's a lot that goes into that. And we can definitely talk about that because I know this is, you know, we, we can talk about this back and forth all day. Uh, but I'm curious, like, you know, can you tell us a little bit about your background, your story and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, well, I was a private practice owner for oh, a little over 15 years. And then I went through this process like, all right, so most private practice owners will be able to relate to this, especially if you treat which is, I, that's who I always wanted to be. I didn't want to be like the guy who has like five clinics, eight clinics, never touches a patient. I never really wanted that to be me. I always wanted to actually be a physical therapist. Um, so then what happened was I would come home. So I'd have a busy day. And as my practice grew and got bigger and bigger and bigger, the problem just got worse and worse and worse. So I'd be coming home every day with an hour and a half or two hours worth of paperwork to do. Right. So I would spend after a 11, 12 hour day, I'd eat dinner and then I'd get, then I'd get right to doing my paperwork and my kids would go to bed and, you know, I would just be finishing up with my paperwork or I would wait until they went to bed and I would lose that time with my wife. Or then there were times where I'd just like to hell with it. I'm, I'm just not doing it. And it would pile up. And then all Saturday or all a Sunday, I would sit there and spend, you know, six hours, eight hours, just knocking out all of my paperwork. And I, this thing where I jumped from like one EMR to, I don't want to be calling any names out, but I jumped from EMR to EMR to EMR to EMR. And I found that they were all the same. Like we, we just kept trying new ones and demoing more and more. And they were all the same. Every single time we tried one, it was the same result. Like it, it sucked the life out of me. And it honestly, it didn't do anything to help my practice grow. So like when I would get caught up with my paperwork, I was finding I wasn't spending any time like on the marketing of my practice because I was too busy just trying to treat and get my paperwork done on a daily basis. So about eight years ago, eight and a half years ago, I started building, right? So I came out with my first product and I was all excited. It was just this, it was an app with timers and it was on your, on your watch and 
you know, so you can set timers on it. There was waiting room notifications. There was all kinds of stuff. I was all excited about it. And I went and took it out and I showed it to everybody. And everybody was like, oh, that's cool. Nobody wanted it. <laughs> so, so then my ultimate goal was ultimately to fix that big problem. So then started to build. And then about two years ago, we finally had an actual functioning product. And the idea was to actually use AI to help people, number one, grow their practice. And number two, to actually help them get their documentation done. It's my personal belief that I, I, this is how old I am. Started out with dictation. So in my practice, when I started my practice, the first couple of years we dictated. And then they sold us on, on an EMR. And I remember on the call, they're like, hey, you can save a bunch of money. You can get rid of your transcriptionist. Yeah, the only problem was they didn't tell me that I was her replacement. So, so I ended up doing all the work and it, it just, it, it killed me. And then we started to work, started to work, started to work. So now we have it so we can get evals done in under three minutes. So now it's actually faster than the dictaphone that, you know, we left and went to the MR and it went from taking me five minutes in eval to taking me 20, 25 minutes in eval. And uh, now with the AI, it's three minutes, like it does all the heavy lifting for you. And then, you know, that wasn't far enough. So we started building automation to try to uh, make it so that the practice would be marketed automatically. So like it would be engaging, creating an experience for the patients, identifying who is happy, automatically asking them for referrals, finding out who wasn't happy, telling the therapist so that they could have a conversation with them, try to figure out what's going on and make them make them happy customers. You know, so once we got started with that, we started fixing our cancellation no-show rate, you know, our eval no-show rate, like everything, all of our numbers just started to just improve when we kicked that into gear. Wow. Yeah, I think, you know, and I'm sure so many private practice owners that are listening right now, they definitely resonate with that. I mean, even those who don't have a private practice and who, and who work for someone, like that's something that literally sucks a life out of you, drains your energy, and it, it starts to seep into other areas of your life as well with, you know, relationship at home, family, friends, social life, just everything. And it's so interesting. I think that, you know, with these EMRs, like they, you know, they don't really think about, and I, maybe they try, but they don't really think about the person on the other end, the person who has to sit there you know, working through this documentation, spending hours and hours on end, and it's not really 100% functional, and it's not really user friendly. And I think it, it also transfers into the, you know, the patients as well, where we're not able to spend quality time with them and, and do the things that we need to do with them, because we're worried about, well, if I do that, and the patient's here, and instead of me talking to them, if I focus on them, then that means two to three hours of documentation when I get back home. And I think it's so neat what you've been able to create. And, you know, it's really come out from your own experience. And, you know, it's, it's just really cool. I, I'm, I have so many questions about how the AI stuff even works. So maybe you can tell us a little bit more about, about like the behind the scenes stuff of like, what, what does AI even mean? Like, what does that all look like? AI is a fancy word for algorithms, really. That, that's, that's what it is. And, and honestly, it's, it's just a buzzword. Um, so the, what it does is you're without getting too far into the weeds, it identifies a couple of things. Number one, the things are grouped. It identifies that. Then it also identifies like what areas have a lot, the largest functional deficits. 
right? So then from that, then it starts to take the therapist preference into account. So the therapist, as they start selecting things or removing things, the software starts to say, okay, they like this more, show them more of that. So it kind of, you know, it's that Amazon also suggests, you know, people also bought, it's basically that. So it's, it's kind of learning from you that, okay, if the therapist likes this and they want this, they're probably gonna want this also. So it's basically doing that in your notes. So like our goals are all pre-populated. So it tries, and then as you change them, the system starts to say, okay, they don't like this as much. Don't show them that. You know, oh, they really like this, show them more of that. So it really kind of dials in there and kind of finishes the the legwork end of the of the <laughs> the entire experience for you. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but with me, like like I told you before, the reason I did this was I lost time with my children. Like my daughters grew up with me sitting on the couch with my computer. And I want to make sure that never happens again. So what happened is as the further I got into it, probably the worse my documentation got. Because there became a point where I'm like, look, I, I just want something that's going to appease the insurance company and it's going to make it so that if I ever get audited, that they're not going to be like, hey, you owe us all this money back. And, or if an attorney ever looks, it's covering what we've done and why we're doing it, right? That's all. And then I, I said, look, that's the wrong mindset. Like, I've got to make it so that that minimal documentation is pretty much done for you. So now you can focus in on the subtle nuances of making it say exactly what you want it to say, because all the heavy lifting is already done for you. So that's kind of how the AI works to make it so that you save a ton of time. And like I said, it's just algorithms. I would bore the daylights out of everybody <laughs> if I was like, hey, this is how we group these together. And, the, and we have point values that are assigned. At, you know, yeah, no, nobody wants no, to know. No, I agree. I agree. It really confused me. Uh, but that that's really neat. So with like the, the eval portion of it, is this something that someone that, for example, the, the patient fills out some type of form before they come into the practice and then this gets auto-populated? What, what does that even look like? Yeah, so it's, it's up to the patient. Like we don't like force anybody. We're like, you have to do it this way. No, you could do it the good old fashioned way and ask all the patients questions if you want, right? But what I recommend to all of our customers is give your customers the option and tell them why. This is why we recommend that you do it this way, but it's up to you. Whatever experience you want is what we want to give you. You know, so, so they fill it out at home typically, or they can fill it out in the waiting room. but what it does is there's logic to it. So it's not like a dumb eval. I know, I'll just bring this one up because I know you guys used it. Uh, when you were at Renewal, you, know, you use Clinician, correct? Yep, that's right. right. So so Clinician, it's all, all the dropdowns, right? So there's dropdowns, what PT, they all kind of work the same way. There's all those dropdowns, right? So if you do a shoulder evaluation, it's basically the same questions, right? Ours isn't like that. That's called a canned response that, that doesn't do well in an audit. But ours isn't like that. So like if somebody says, do you have pain with overhead activity? And they say, yes. Okay. Does it bother you at work? Yes. Okay. How long can you tolerate overhead activity at work? So it just keeps going. If they say no to any of those questions, it stops and moves on to the next question. So there's logic to it. So if the patient has something that is going on with overhead activity, 
the system gets really specific about what's going on with them. So now the therapist doesn't have to spend any time doing that. Literally, you just, you review it, you set it to the side, and then you sit there and you talk to the patient. You do this because all of the heavy documentation is already pretty much done. And we found about, you know, 92, 93% of the people will actually fill it out before they come in. So that means, you know, seven, eight percent of the time you're actually going to have to do the old method where you put all the information in manually, where you do the stupid thing where the patient comes in and you open up your computer in front of them and you, you sit there and look at your computer the whole time. So tell me what's going on. So uh yeah, but that's what we want to eliminate. Like so WebPT a couple of years ago released a whole ton of information, right? And they only did it one year and they just came out with their state of rehab survey again. They didn't include this information. They told everybody what the cancellation no-show rate in physical therapy was. Told them what the eval no-show rate was. Well, essentially, what they told everybody is this is the eval no-show rate with WebPT. This is your cancellation no-show rate with WebPT. This is your drop-off rate with WebPT. So when they came out with all of that information, I speculate that when you're not doing this with your patient, when you're looking at your computer, you're increasing the likelihood that they're going to go away, that they're going to cancel that next visit, that they're going to reschedule that they might not come quite as many times because no one feels valued when we're not doing this hobby. You know, like if you and I aren't sitting there looking one another in the face, or if, if I'm talking to you and I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, hobby, that's, that's great. Yeah, so what's been going on with you, man? It's just, it's not the same experience as, as this. And we're working on getting our numbers together so that we can at least show them in relation to the 2018 numbers. So that we can say, look, this is what it looks like when you're using an EMR. You know, these are what your cancellation no-show rates look like. This is what your drop-off rate looks like. And this is what it looks like with an AI EMR. So that's kind of uh, where we're going with everything and, and part of our big push right now. Yeah, I love that. And I think, you know, the benefit of this is, again, for the therapists who are treating the patients, also for the patients, right, who need that higher touch quality care where someone's actually looking at them and paying attention to them. And, you know, this, this uh, podcast, this show specifically is for those who are either interested in diving into their own business or who are already in it and might be feeling a little bit stuck or just looking for that next marketing strategy. And I think what's so neat about, you know, what you touched on, which we can dive deeper into now is the idea that it's also, it also helps with the marketing aspect. Is that correct? What does that look like? Yes, yes. So, yeah. So, uh, what I worked with Jerry Durham kind of like helped me along on this whole journey from, you know, looking at things within the clinic differently, like realizing that the gold in my practice is in the head of my patient over there, and I've got to figure out how to make this that five star hotel versus a three star hotel, you know, and and what makes a five star hotel, and so that's part of what we decided we were going to do. So we worked from that first phone call in. And so we have an intake script on the first phone call. All that information dumps to the therapist. The therapist goes up to the patient on the first visit before they ever meet them. They greet them with their goals before they've ever met them. They take them back and they say, hey, I want to understand whoever the receptionist is correctly. She's telling me that this is what you have going on. This is where you want to be in six months. And this is what you've tried to this point that hasn't really worked for you, right? It's just a different experience. It's totally different for the other person. It's like, whoa, they heard me. Not only did they hear me, but they did something about what they heard. They passed the information along to the person who needed it. 
and you know then then it's just the touch points all throughout that patient life cycle you know and then through a number of ways we get them opening up our emails right emails text messages and we use ringless calls to voicemail which we can get into if you want but we're getting far into the weeds uh but so it tells the therapist when these are coming so the therapist knows what the patient got so then when the therapist asks the patient hey did you get my stuff now it seems like holy crap, the therapist actually sent that to me because they asked me if I read the email that they sent to me. You want to double your open rates, just ask somebody if they got your email, <laughs> you know, and then ask them a second time. And they're like, he's going to keep asking me if I read his email. So guess what happens? They start reading the email. And then when we start marketing to them on the back end, now they're used to opening our emails. They do it all the time. So, so now when they come, they're still opening them. They're still looking at them. It makes them back-end marketing so much more effective because we've created an experience around the email. The emails are built into the treatment. So it tells them important stuff about the treatment, right? So we use HIPAA-compliant emails we, but so that we can do that. But we build important stuff about their treatment, about their care, about things that they need to know into the email system. So, which is 100% automated, but then what it does is it gets them used to opening your, your emails and it, hey, there is value in their emails. So then when you send them one, two months later, after they're done, they open it up. Wow. So that's kind of, that's a little bit of the marketing. There's funnels for like eval no-shows. There's, there's all kinds of funnels. You can do event funnels where you have an event and, you know, and each, each, uh, a funnel is specific to each therapist. So each and every therapist has their own funnel, right? So it's not like a generic message. Yeah, so each therapist is creating an experience for them. It's, it's building a relationship, which is the ultimate goal of all marketing. That's the only thing you want to do with marketing. You want to build a relationship with the other person. It's hard for another person to have a relationship with a business, right? So the relationship is primarily with that therapist, right? So like if somebody came to my practice, you know, and they saw Jeremy, well, I wasn't, my business was Bellacare. I wasn't Bellacare to them. Jeremy was Bellacare. That's who was Bellacare and Tracy at the front desk. You know, those were the people that were Bellacare to them. I was a person they might have known walking around that they saw, but I wasn't, you know, Bellacare to them. So that it's built around that thing. The person that is the business to them is who we're working on building that relationship with. Yeah, that's huge. And, you know, I love that you said that all business, really marketing for sure, but businesses is relationship. It's relationship building. And the person who's able to do that and do it really well is going to be extremely successful in so many different ways, right? The patients are gonna get great results. They're gonna keep on coming back. So the business is gonna do really well as, you know, as well. And I think, you know, based on what you've said so far, even with just the email marketing piece, that is amazing where it is automated. It also is automated in the sense that it's not just an email that's being sent out, but it's also personalized to that specific person. And, you know, it's so important that in business, we try and make the experience as personal as possible. And the, the fact that this is, this actually has that in it, where it does that for you already. It's, I mean, any private practice owner, like should be freaking out about that because I, I feel like, you know, at the start of the conversation, you said, you know, so many people 
they either are, especially those who are in the beginning stages of, of the business, they're either focusing on trading and helping people or the marketing and getting people to treat. And for a lot of people, there comes a point where it's hard to do both at the same time. And one always starts to falter uh, and take a back seat when it's really important to have both always running uh, for multiple reasons. And it seems like this, this is a solution for, for that as well, uh, which is really cool to really cool to hear. Right. Yeah. Well, we all know the boom and bust cycle in therapy, you know, like where everybody's familiar with that sort of cycle where, where you get busy, you don't have time for marketing. You're just trying to make it through the week and you're, you're super busy. And then all of a sudden you slow down. And then when you slow down, now all of a sudden, now you start spending some time and you're now you're marketing. And then what happens? Well, now you're marketing, you're reaching up, you're picking up the phone call, you're calling past patients. Guess what happens? All of a sudden you get busy again and now you're too busy. You don't market. <laughs> and then we just keep going through this cycle and cycle and cycle. And, and as a practice owner who did this for about six or seven, my first six or seven years, it killed me. Because, you know, I, I never felt like I could hire somebody because our visit count was just gone. It never stayed consistent. It was up, it was down. It was up, it was down. There was never any consistency to it because it was me. You know, it was me marketing and not marketing, marketing and not marketing. So for a number of years, I was stuck. Like, you know, and that, that's why I think coaching is such a freaking huge thing. Like somebody to say, look, this is what's going on. This is what you have to do to fix this cycle. Because if somebody coaching back then for physical therapy wasn't a, really a thing. So I just had to kind of figure it out, <laughs> you know, so I didn't have anybody that I could just pick up the phone and go, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. I never had that. But, you know, but then then I, now that I can look back, I'm like, that's exactly what was going on. Then once we had the software, it smooths that out. So now you don't have to do the marketing, like, because marketing is primarily word of mouth. Like ask anybody who's been in business for any period of time, and they will tell you the vast majority of what they get for business is word of mouth referrals, returns or word of mouth. That according to all the research, that accounts for about 80% of your business, right? So what this does is it focuses on growing that 80%. And honestly, it's a low hanging fruit. We just don't have time. You know, if somebody loves you, and you let them just forget you, they stop marketing for you. But if somebody loves you and you never let them forget you, there's constant, constant outreach, constant contact. They still always have that little bit of feeling there. And if somebody brings up, oh, my shoulder's hurting, next thing you know, they're saying, hey, you should go down and see Ray or you should go down and see Javi. You know, that's just, just the way that this business works. So I was really looking around and there was nothing really out there that kind of did that. Like it, yes, to a degree, like, you know, email marketing. Yeah, but uh, email for my business really didn't mean too much to, you know, like I said, Jeremy's patients. You know, hey, it's Ray at Bellicare. Well, they didn't care. They didn't even know me. It was just a marketing email and they knew it, right? So it wasn't helping to enhance Jeremy's relationship with them. It was just trying to remind them that my business was still here, you know, and then we did mailers and, you know, we sent mailers out, newsletters, and maybe there was a picture of Jeremy in there, or maybe one, one month a year, there was an article about him, 
but it ultimately wasn't that. It wasn't Jeremy reaching out to them, which is what you need if you want to build a sustainable business and and level that boom and bust cycle. Yeah, that's so powerful, and you know, a hundred percent agree with the word of mouth being the the most powerful tool we have to grow the business. And you know, there being a um, a person who loves marketing myself right? We're always looking for that. Like, what is it that we can do outside of the business, whether it's Facebook ads or Google ads, or, you know, all these types of ads and all these types of different marketing strategies. But at the same time, what we tell our people is like, don't like, that's not, that's the cherry on top. Like, don't use that as a bandaid for not taking care of the people you already have, getting referrals from the people you already have and having them be your little army of of marketers, right? That are right there that are happy to tell more people about you and your services. But what I love about this and everything that you've said so far is that there's, I haven't come across a, a system yet. And, and now what you've created uh, an AI, you know, medical rec- record that actually does that, that makes sure that the word of mouth is still really uh, prominent inside of your practice. So there's just so many benefits that, that I'm hearing about now from, you know, from you about this amazing, incredible uh, software that you're, that you've created. And it's just, it's, it's really neat. And, you know, you, you mentioned something about, about coaching. I know a lot of people listening to this um, either have invested in coaches before they either, you know, got burned. They're like, I'm never hiring a coach ever again, or they, they're on the other side where, you know, they, they still haven't taken the leap. So like, I'm curious, like for you, did you have someone at some, I know the, a lot of the beginning, you know, stages of, of building your business, there, this wasn't a thing too much in, in, in healthcare, but did you, did you have someone at some point that you hired to teach you and coach you? I know you mentioned Jerry, um, but yeah, was there anyone who oh, was yeah. influencing you in your life? Yeah. And you know, I'm looking for, I'm constantly looking for people to learn from. Hmm. always you know like I, I learn from you i watch your stuff i learn from you like you know so, somebody says something that trips my brain and makes me you know makes me say oh i never really thought about that you know and this is this is a one of my favorite quotes that i ripped off from seneca uh he said you know when when someone says something profound it's not because the thing that they said was profound and and it changed us it actually just shined a light on something that was already inside of us that we never really knew was there. We never explored close enough, but they, the light hits it. And we say, you know what? That makes sense. Because it was something that we knew all along that we just weren't paying attention to or articulating. That's what a coach does. They shine a light on that thing that you're like, oh, hey, the boom and bust cycle isn't working for you. And this is why. When I finally heard about that, I'm like, oh, crap, that's it. That's what I'm doing. I never stopped or took a step back far enough to be able to see what it was. So I've learned from that mistake. And now I'm always looking, I'm like, all right, who can help me take a step back and see, you know, and it's, it's one of the things, one of the things that, that I absolutely love about that. The smart success healthcare group is like, everybody is like a coach and a friend, like everybody, you know, you walk in and I remember saw Alex. When I saw Alex there, Alex said first thing to me, he said, you know, he's like, oh, how's everything going? I'm like, oh, it's going pretty good. He's like, what are you doing that's not working? I'm like, that's a good question. Huh. 
I hadn't really thought about that, <laughs> you know? So then I'm like, then, uh, then I go home and I'm like, okay, this isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. Okay. This goes, this goes, this goes, this goes, you know, <laughs> I'm going to focus. This is working. Some, this is working. Someone to focus more of my attention over here, but that that's coaching. You know, even though I got the coaching for free from Alex that time, that's coaching. It's like, you know, somebody that just shines a light on something, you know, that stuff wasn't working. He didn't tell me what wasn't working. I, I knew what it was. But I was so busy working that I couldn't see what was right in front of me. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's huge. And I, I think, um, you know, I think about the analogy of being on an island, right? And then there's like, there's this mountain in front of you. And when you're in the island, you're in the forest and you're trying to find a way out. You're trying to figure out, do I go left? Do I go right? Where are these boats so I can escape this island? And, you know, you're in the middle of it and you can't see anything. Like you don't know what, if you don't have a compass and you're not very, you know, nature-y, I don't even know what the word is, but anyway, I would be lost for a very long time, even with a compass, <laughs> but, but you're on an island and you can't see, you don't know. Come what's find right. me. Right. Come find Make me. Signals. Exactly. But once you, you know, get on top of the mountain, you have a clear vision, you have a clear perspective and you're able to see what you couldn't see before because you've elevated yourself to a new level of, of perspective. And then you can now make better decisions because you have a different point of view. And I think that's kind of like what you had mentioned. It's like, whether it's, it's a question that someone asked you, whether it's, you know, and I think what's interesting and what's really neat about what you did was you took that question and you actually did something with it. I feel like the, the idea, like there, there's some people that, you know, you'll tell them something or you're asking them a question and they'll kind of brush it to the side. Don't even think about it. But like you ran with it and you're like, you know what, what isn't working? Let's go ahead and make these things work or delete them and get rid of them if, if it's something I shouldn't be focusing on, which I think is huge. And that, that's incredible. What's such a simple question right. and such and, so, so much power behind it. Right. And this, I know we're totally off topic here, but you know, the coaching thing, some people say coaching doesn't work. A lot of times coaching doesn't work because I don't work. It's like physical therapy. Mm. It doesn't work unless you do. Yeah. Right. You can have the best coach in the world. They can give you the best advice in the world. If you're like, yeah. And you hop off that call you walk away and you're like, you don't do anything. Well, no crap. It didn't work. You know, you actually had to do the work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so true. Oh man. So Ray, what's one thing that you've learned in the last month or so about either your life, your career, your business that has completely changed your perspective? I would say that people don't want your solution. Like, this is what I've learned. People don't want your solution. They're looking for their solution. And they're just trying to find out if you're their solution. So if you're trying to give them your solution to their problems, they don't really want it. <laughs> they have no interest in your solution to their problems. They're looking for their solution to their problems. And can you point it out to them? so that they can fix their problem. Because, you know, that you know, I thought, I, I thought it was like Field of Dreams. Have you seen Field of Dreams, old movie? I actually uh, it's, it's yet, an old baseball movie. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's an old baseball movie. In it, he, he tells Kevin Costner, I think, yeah, if you build it, they will come. He keeps hearing this whispering in the cornfield. And he builds his baseball field in the middle of the cornfield. And all of a sudden, like, all of these uh, dead baseball players all just start showing up, right? So... You know, and I kind of was thinking that I'm like, okay, if I if I tell people, look, you can do an eval in under three minutes. I'm like, I'm gonna have a line forming of people, like, you know, hey, they're a line. I can't handle all these people. No, no, that's not how it works. 
not at all. That's a, you know, I thought that, you know, you can get all your evals done in the same time that you can get one eval done, maybe, <laughs> you know, and I was like, people are just going to line up. That is not how it works because they don't want fast documentation. What they really want is what I lost. They want their time with their children. They don't want to feel like they lost that. You know, that, that's what they really want. That's the problem that they have. And, and unless you show them and make them aware of what they're losing right now, that they can never get back because of the situation they're in, I can't win them because I, I know I've tried. And I feel bad now because like, had I been better at sales for like, you know, six months, a lot, a lot of people would have a lot better life because, <laughs> because you know, I, I, I failed them. Like I failed those people. That, that's the way I see it. They have a harder life right now because I didn't do a good job, you know? So I, I, that's what I've learned. I've learned that I have to be the solution that they're looking for for their problems. No, I, my, so my three minute documentation, that's not the solution they're looking for. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That, that's huge. And I think, you know, that, and I, I just love how, you know, you've taken ownership of that. I feel like kind of like going back to the whole coaching thing, it's like, oh, you know, it didn't work. It's like, well, did you do the work? <laughs> right. And, and so many people, the first thing they have to think is like, oh, they're just crazy. Or, you know what, you know, they're not an ideal client anyway. And it's like, you know, pushing the, yeah. uh, the blame to everyone else, but it's like, wait a second. Yeah. Right. I think it's, it's, and I, I heard, I forgot who I heard say this, but they said, be a problem solver, not a product pusher. Right. And even though we believe the problem is, well, you guys take, you know, 30 minutes for documentation. Obviously, if you're doing it in three minutes, it's going to save you time. <laughs> but even then, even then, it's not speaking directly to what someone truly, truly wants, which is time back with their children, time back with their family. And I think that's a huge lesson for anyone listening. Uh, and so many takeaways from that. I mean, in sales, of course, and communication and in just awareness of, of what do people really want from you? and give them that. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. Wow. Yeah. I had an epiphany about a month ago that saying you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Right. So I used to use that saying all the time, like, you know, like with my, I'd be showing customers, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You know, I'm, 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 I'm doing what I can. And now I don't, I, the only person I use that saying for now is me. Mm. Like, is somebody trying to lead you to the water and you're not drinking, right? Because, you know, I, I only looked at it in relation to other people instead of looking at it the only place that it could help me. If I say that about somebody else or I say that to you, you know, it, it doesn't help that person at all. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help you. So now I turned it around and I'm like, okay, okay you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink when somebody's showing me something or when, when a customer doesn't want something. I was placing the blame on them at first. And then I'm like, wait a minute. No, it's me. I'm the one who's failing. It's not them. You know, like I know what they're using. You know, most of the people I've literally used the software that they're using for years. I know how horrible it is, you know, but it's on me that I wasn't able to show them that this was going to actually make their life better. And it was going to be the solution to the problem that they have, you know, not the solution that I have for their problem. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, I, I had, um, I was 
on a bit of a slump back in January myself, where I was, I was, I, I think I had the same kind of frame of mind. And, you know, just like you, I was, I became aware of it. But for a second, I was like, you know what, maybe this isn't what, this isn't what I'm meant to do. This isn't what, you know, people really need then, I guess, like they don't want this, but kept on pushing forward and got better at having those conversations and really figuring out what were the problems that people had that they that they want solved. And it was a total game changer. So, I mean, I, this is for anyone listening to this right now, like this is big to understand and to just take ownership of, of where you're at with, with everything. Uh, if you feel like you have something great uh, that can help a ton of people, don't give up on that dream. Don't give up on that vision because at the end of the day, like, you know, Ray, I, you know, what you said was so, so impactful. Even me just hearing it again, was like, Hey, like I took responsibility. I know I have something amazing that can change people's lives. And I felt terrible when I realized that how I was communicating that to people was not the way that they needed to hear it. And I felt the same thing with what we do. And there was a moment there mm -hmm. where I was like, Oh man, this maybe it's not, it's not meant to be. But we believed in what we did, just like you believe in what you're doing so much that we just kept on moving forward and, and we, you know, solved that challenge. So I think that that's huge, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. What are your plans for, for your life and business in the next five years? So it's what we're, we're in 2021. So July 8th, 2026, what does that look like for you? Um, I'm pushing for touchless documentation within the next couple of years. I want it to be so that you don't do anything. Like the system totally documents for you and it's just a review thing. And we're, you know, you're just reviewing what it's doing. It's monitoring everything. It's documenting everything. So therapists just show up, treat patients and leave is ultimately the ultimate goal. Uh, will we be there in five years? I don't know. We'll be, we'll be pretty darn close. I can tell you that. We'll be real close at that point. Um, yeah, that's 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 the big push. That's the big push. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm sure everyone listening is like, oh, I can't wait for that. That's gonna be epic. Oh man. And they're all gonna line up and and yeah. uh, and, and invest in the in the <laughs> but this, but this is this is the thing, right? So something you said earlier, you know, like that 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 self-doubt. I have that. I have that all the time. Am I doing the right thing? You know, this, this isn't, you know, by now I thought, I thought I was going to be whew, big multi-million dollar company. I thought I, we were going to be, you know, out of the gate running, just killing it. That's not how it's been. And and I, I've had the same moment, Javi, like, you know, over the past year, year and a half where I was like, man, is this what I should be doing? You know, I was, I was thinking like even, Hey, why don't I just pull this down? Just let the people that have it, have it. Just start opening up a bunch of clinics and just implementing it myself, you know? And then, then you know, then what would I have been doing? Like, uh, who would I have been? My goal is to make people's lives better. If I do that, I can only make a handful of people's lives better, you know? Even if you open 50 clinics, you still can only help so many people in those 50 clinics, right? This, I want to help. I want, I want to help all the therapists. My hope is someday that... All of the other companies will start to start to chase and make the change too, so that every single person's life and physical therapy is getting better. Like I see this as something different. Like I don't think EMRs, I think EMRs should make you more money and make your life easier. 
I think that's their two biggest jobs. They should make you more money and make your life easier. And I don't feel like they do either of those, right? So I can't quit. <laughs> nobody, nobody else is really trying to do this. You know, like, you know, the, the new versions of people's documenting systems, most people are saying they're worse than, the, than their first version. You know, it's not getting better, it's getting worse. So, you know, I was just like you. I'm like, I've got to keep pushing. This is my problem to fix. Are you going to fail a bunch of people or are you going to keep going? So, yeah. yeah. So I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. Do you, do you, so we're nearing the end here. Do you have any advice for advice or words of wisdom really for healthcare professionals who are out there who are looking to start? And I know you've, you've started, you know, a few, a few businesses now looking to start. So I guess two different types of people the healthcare professional who's thinking about taking the leap and starting their own business and the healthcare professional who has already started, but might be feeling a little bit stuck in, in what direction to go or how to grow. I think, you know, those two people have slight, might have slightly different challenges, but I'd love to hear your advice for them. Well, I guess first life isn't waiting for you. Like life's moving forward, whether you're moving forward or not. So if you're if you're stuck not opening opening a practice or if you're stuck not growing your practice, life isn't waiting for you. You know, that time with your family, it's not waiting. It's going. It's leaving. You're losing it every day. What are you waiting for? You know, everybody's like, oh, well, I, I, it costs a whole bunch of money to start something. It's, it's, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why you can't do it. But those fear-based reasons are just going to hold you back. They're just going to hold you back. Sometimes you just, you got to go. It's that, that Steve Harvey, you have to jump. You ever see that, that thing that he did? You have to jump. You know, you, you're going to have to jump at some point. Why not now? Conditions next month and aren't going to be better. And I, this is part of what I tell people when I'm talking to them with documentation. I talk to people three months backed up and they're saying, well, I'm too backed up. The time isn't right. I'm like, okay, well, how much longer are you willing to keep going down this path that keeps getting you further and further backed up before you jump, you know, before you make that leap and jump out of where you are to something that you think is going to be better. It's the same thing with your business. If you haven't started it yet, start today, now, this moment, start and have somebody holding you accountable. Have somebody saying, okay, what action did you take today? What did you do? What are you planning on doing tomorrow? You know, and each day, just take one more step, one more step, because the truth of the matter is that first step, that's the hardest step. That first one to getting started, that's the hardest step. Whether you're stuck, whether you're starting, that first step to the change is the hardest step because that first step has to happen here. Once you make that leap in your mind, you're off, you're running. Once you made your mind up, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. It just got dark here. I would have turned on more lighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Storms rolling, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's that's huge. And I think, you know, it's so important kind of just talking talking about time and, you know, EMRs and how they suck the the life out of you. And just and just ending with that, you know, the idea that like time is running out and there is no better day than today. Cause you just don't know, you really don't. So I think that's a huge, huge pearl you just shared with us. Um, Ray, do you mind sharing with, with our audience where they can keep up with you if they'd like to learn more about you and your work? Uh, well, I have a couple of ways. I, 
you there's a PT business builders group. Um, you know, I'm on there. I've got, got to get back on there. I've been slacking off a little bit lately because I've been working so hard on, uh, on onboarding people and getting things going for people, but they there. And if you want to check out my products, you can check out self doc AMR and ATAS, A-E-T-A-S app.com. So uh, those are the places you can catch me. And if you have any questions, anything, uh, you can message me on Facebook. I'm on there. Find me, friend me, message me. You know, I'm, I'm fairly available within reason. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Right. Thank you so much, man. This was a great, great um, conversation. Right. Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And <laughs> yeah. And uh, listeners, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Healthcare Business Radio. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn how to build a successful business. So I have something special just for you. If you are a healthcare expert who is in business or is aspiring to be, and you're curious about how to grow a profitable, impactful business, then you are going to want to pay attention because as a listener of this show, I want you to win. So I've created a bundle of resources exclusively for the listeners of Healthcare Business Radio. If you are tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing, and sales all on your own, and you are ready to implement what's already proven to work, rather than reinventing the wheel, you are going to want to head over to healthcarebusinessradio.com forward slash insider. And there you will find over $7,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching that is only available for listeners of this show. So if you want to know how to increase your income, impact more people, and build a business that works for the lifestyle that you want and that serves your family at the highest possible level, head over to healthcarebusinessradio.com forward slash insider right now so you can win big in your healthcare business and in life.